0: Welcome to the Website Coach Podcast, the podcast for entrepreneurs and small business owners that want a winning website, one that attracts more visitors and helps them book more clients. I'm Marie Brown, a website designer and business strategist, and I'll be sharing simple and actionable tips to help you create a winning website. So let's get started. Hello, I'm excited to introduce another guest on the podcast this week. Kelly Mortimer is a wedding industry speaker and trainer and a client of mine. She is a real inspiration to many and has an infectious enthusiasm for her business. I'm looking forward to this interview and I think you will do too. So welcome, Kelly.
1: Hello, thank you for having me.
0: You're very welcome. Can you start by telling us what you do and (laughs) indeed how you came about to do that?
1: So this is an interesting one because people always think I'm a wedding planner and it is true that I did spend a lot of my time previously planning weddings but now what I do is I help wedding industry professionals to drive their wedding bookings and revenue. So what we tend to find is that the wedding industry is amazing at the creative stuff, the planning, the flowers, the design um, and sales and marketing is not their ninja skill. So we really help them to attract and convert more couples into their business.
0: And what kind of of people in the wedding industry might that be?
1: Uh, So it literally can be everyone from uh, a florist, a DJ, a stylist, a celebrant, right up to some of my clients are the big corporate hotel global
0: chains. And how did you get into doing that?
1: (laughs) Uh, Well, it's definitely, it feels like one of those moments where your entire life had led to that moment where you decided to do something. And when I started the company, it definitely felt that way. Uh, So previously to uh, starting the business, which is four years old now, uh, my role was group wedding sales director and that was for a portfolio of 45 hotels so basically in a nutshell my job was to maximize profit of weddings across those 45 hotels so I had a team of 50 uh, a planner at each property um, and we uh, worked on a strategy that was at corporate level that could be implemented at every property to drive sales up from the wedding market so that was my job before I opened the business. And really, the business is an extension of that. It's just that now I do it for everyone instead of just that company. Um, And before that, Wow, I mean, I just had the most incredible journey planning events and weddings across the world. Um, Can I do a little bit of name dropping?
0: Yes, you can. And I'm hoping you're going to drop one particular name that I know about. I was
1: involved in uh, two events for the Queen. Um, I actually uh, walked her into Claridge's ballroom. Uh, So that was a very exciting moment of my life. I oversaw the wedding weekend of Catherine Jenkins when she got married. Um, And just so many exciting uh, weddings and events. Uh, in London in the luxury market and also I spent 10 years destination weddings so uh, all over the Caribbean a little bit of time in Sri Lanka and um, so it was a really I mean I'm so grateful for the journey that I I took. And all of it was very random. None of it was planned. I fell into everything, um, fell into weddings, found it was my ninja skill. And I just kept taking opportunities that came my way um, until I kind of got up to the corporate level of that strategy and then opening the business. Then all of that was very, very definite and and steps.
0: (laughs) And actually, you know, there's a lot in what you've said that's very uh, common for my clients. Not many of them have actually... um, you know, worked with the queen. But, um, <laughs> but in terms of having come from a corporate background and got to a point and then set up for them for themselves. And how did you find that move from uh, being, you know, within a corporate to working for yourself, albeit doing something that was not dissimilar?
1: Yeah, so that, that's interesting. Uh, I had started to transition. So what I mean by that is before I had the uh, group level role, I was on property, I was inside the resorts, I was inside the hotels, um, you know, really working on the ground floor, as it were. And so uh, if I'd have jumped straight from that into my own business, I think that would have been a massive shock to the system. However, when I was actually at the uh, group level, I was already working from a home office. And I was already traveling around the country seeing my team. And I was kind of, uh, it almost felt like I was self-employed but working inside the, the business so that's kind of transitioned me so then you know the day I started working for myself I kind of did the same thing I'd done the day before as I, so I went into my office and I opened my laptop and I kind of carried on and um, I think for me um, not having that big team around you even if they're remote was probably the biggest shock I'm, I'm you know for t- 20 odd years I've worked inside big teams uh even you know marketing teams restaurant teams just having all of those people around you and and I definitely see that with some of the clients we work with as well you know they do feel that kind of um solitude Uh, a bit different now because we're growing our team and and, and we're, we're growing that but definitely at that first step it was like oh okay it's just me just me who has to do everything. <laughs> exactly. You've
0: got many, many hats to wear. And uh, yeah. I know I certainly found that as well. There's no phoning up, the, you know, the IT support no. desk when, you know, your computer won't turn on or the printer doesn't work.
1: No. And as you know, Marie, now, now you do that for me. I email you and go, ah, I have a problem. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Now, working in the wedding industry, when we first spoke, it was just over two years ago when COVID was this murmur in China that was, you know, potentially spreading to to Europe. And obviously the wedding industry was massively hit. Can you talk a bit about that time and and how it impacted the industry? And perhaps more importantly, what you did, because I was very impressed with this.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so definitely the wedding industry was incredibly damaged by uh, the pandemic. And I do get that many industries were, um, but I think that what we didn't understand and what we weren't seeing, for example, in the media was the industry side. So we definitely saw the stories of the couples, and I do feel for them, those couples who got postponed and got cancelled, and I feel for them. But being in my line of work, where my clients are the industry people, my community is the industry people, I was devastated by what they were having to go through, because nobody was saying that these people were losing revenue, mortgage payments, like they suddenly their businesses collapsed overnight. So whilst I felt very sorry for couples having to postpone, my empathy was with those people who suddenly did not have a business the very next day. And actually, you know, that was really hard, both uh, psychologically uh, for, for our industry and, uh, you know, and it's taken a while and still is for some of those people to bounce back. They haven't quite bounced back the way that we would hope because it's been it's been hard for them. Now, what I did uh, in my own business was, first of all, when, when COVID hit, the majority of my business was really with the big corporates. So the big corporate hotel groups, that was where, I mean, 80% of my business sat with those people. So I would go in, do in-person training for their teams. Um, I did a little bit on Zoom, but really that was just a chat. That wasn't the training itself. Um, and of course, when COVID hit uh, for me, all of those big corporate clients they just shut their doors they furloughed everybody so it wasn't a case of moving to zoom training there was no one to train and so I kind of sat there for a minute and went oh dear everyone's gone home like there is no one to train and of course they weren't about to excuse me they weren't about to pay money for training when they had people sitting at home furloughed doing nothing it just was not gonna happen so uh I then had had this idea for a long time. And the reality is, if I can be completely honest, I was so busy in the company, I didn't need to to investigate this idea that kept coming into my mind. And the idea was to create a a club, an online membership, a bit like Netflix, for the wedding industry, where they would be able to access my strategies uh, through online training videos. Now, having previously delivered this strategy to great success, I knew they could use it. But I knew that those people, for example, um, sole traders, DJs, florists, stylists, celebrants, they wouldn't be able to afford to pay my daily rate like the corporates can. And so suddenly everything came together that gave me the time because all the corporates shut their doors. So I had the time to create the videos, the platform, the online membership and and offer it out to those uh, wedding pros who really wanted access to my strategies at a much more affordable rate for them as a business.
0: Yeah, and I, I, you know, you talk about people in the wedding industry, you know, their 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 businesses being you know disappearing overnight, and and you know that was yours too. And but but I remember having a conversation. Pretty much this time, two years ago, it might have been a week or two later when we'd gone into lockdown. And I know my mind was on my parents who were sailing on a boat around the Caribbean at the time. Um, and and you saying, My business has disappeared, but I'm going all in. And, you know, this, is, this has given me the time. And, and I think that's, you know, amazing strength to be able to think clearly and actually, you no, know, I've hit a roadblock. I'm going to pivot. I'm going to get around it. And, and you know, where you are now, two years later, i say I'm hugely impressed by that.
1: Yeah, um, and, and it's so strange, isn't it? Because I, would, I wouldn't have done it. Uh, I wouldn't have created the membership had I not had the time to do it. And it was in my mind, but I was honestly just so busy with the corporate that I just didn't have the time to really plan it out, create it and offer it out. And so it forced that time on me. And, um, you know, and I'm so blessed to hear that my members say through that time especially having our community yes the strategies yes it helped them to change their marketing drive sales but actually the mental well-being of being in a community of people through that time who understood because it's all very well your friends or your family but they don't understand your industry and so just being around those people who knew really helped them to kind of get through some days when it was looking pretty bleak.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's been a real roller coaster ever since uh, that time two years ago. Um, Can we talk a bit about sales? Because obviously, I know you specialize in sales to the wedding industry. But, um, you know, all us small business Mm -hmm. owners, we have to sell, you know, we we don't sell, we don't get any any revenue into our business. Um, And sales is a bit of a dirty word. And people have a real dislike of, of selling. Why do you think that is?
1: Oh, yes, absolutely. And in the wedding industry, they hate sales more than anything. And it's, uh, it's a really, it's a complicated situation because uh, most people get into weddings because they are, they love what they do. They love flowers or they love styling or they love planning. So it's not that they come with this ninja skill to be able to sell. So they think, well, if I create beautiful flowers, people will come, people will buy my flowers, they will book me for their wedding flowers or their whatever. And of course, that isn't reality. Uh, you know, uh, you might have heard me say before, the phrase build it and they will come is a line from a movie, not a sales strategy. It doesn't work. And um, we have to go out there and, and, and show people what we do. And I think uh, that is one of the things, especially in our membership, that we help people to get around. Sales, we think of like the guy knocking on the door in the 80s, like forcing you to buy, you know, something on the doorstep. And of course that kind of sales we don't like. And um, the way I always phrase it to my my clients is, what we're doing is helping people to buy. We're not forcing them. We're not manipulating them. We're not strong-arming them into uh, giving us money. We're showing them we've got this great thing, service, product. This is how it can make your life better, your wedding better, your experience better, and this is how you buy it from me. And it's just about being really clear and easy. And if you actually ask a room full of people, and I often do this actually at my in-person trainings, and I'll say, who here loves to buy? Who loves to buy stuff? And everyone puts their hands up, right? Everyone's like, oh, I like to buy stuff. Pretty much everyone all the time. And then you say, um, and who likes to be sold too? And they go, no, I don't want to be sold too. So it's about creating that journey that's easy for our people to buy from us rather than us sell to them. It's making the whole journey so easy, your product so, or your service so accessible and understandable and, and removing barriers from the journey so that they quickly and easily get their credit card out and move along the journey with you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And what, because it is a journey, what do you see, where on that journey do you find that, you know, your, your wedding industry clients struggle the most.
1: Yeah, another great question, and, and I think this is very wedding specific, but also I see it in other in other areas of business. Uh, so it's definitely with the online and the digital sections before they speak to a human. <laughs> so what I mean by that is uh, uh, I actually showed a graphic of this the other day. If you picture an iceberg uh, with the uh, you know in the water, the top uh, part that's sticking out, that's the part we see of our clients who are either emailing us, filling out a contact form, picking up the phone, coming in our shop, whatever that is, that's the above the line, above the waterline, below the waterline where the majority of the iceberg is, that's the stuff we do not see, we do not see our clients who are stalking our website, who are stalking our Instagram, who are stalking our Google images, and all of those clients are under the water, and we're just sitting there going, wow, where are all my inquiries, why doesn't anybody like call me or email me, right, and they are there, they're swimming around, sniffing, I like to say, sniffing, around your business, deciding whether or not to contact you. And when we do not have that online journey, completely tidy and easy and attractive and irresistible, that's where we lose it. That's where we lose the sale. Because to be honest, once you get someone on the phone or in person, they're already hot buyers. You can convert them. Of course you can. So it's the other section of people who are not yet hot that need warming up through through your online presence.
0: That's a great analogy, actually. Although I'm not sure about warming up an iceberg, but, um, <laughs> but, yes,
1: so I combined a few different metaphors there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I, absolutely. And I think we all see it. The number of people that we get visiting either our, our website or the reach on our Instagram, but actually the, the proportion of inquiries that come or, or whatever it is that you might want people to do, you know, following mm. that is, is much, is much smaller. And what do you think, you know, what's a good tip for, um, for getting more people who do follow us either on social media or via our website um, to actually get in contact? What are, the, what are the things that you found are the best ideas? So a
1: couple of things um, that are foundational um, are, first of all, we need to see the person's face. <laughs> so uh, we see so many. And again, very typical in the wedding industry, but also in other businesses. Uh, we see so many business owners who will not show their face on their website, on their Instagram. And, and even to the point, I will see this with something like a wedding planner. I am literally buying the person and I do not see the person on any imagery on their website or on their Instagram. And of course, that means there's no trust. I don't know who I'm buying. I don't know uh, the kind of style of that person. And when you're thinking about something like a planner, I want to connect. I want that person to, to, to align with some of my values. And I can know that by looking at someone's face, how they dress, how, you know, are they my style? Are they quirky? Are they modern? Are they traditional? It's going to give me an idea of who they are. And so, uh, putting yourself on your website and on your Instagram, we know builds trust. Uh, the other huge thing. So like literally if I will land on someone's online journey and I'll be like, okay, the first thing is I can't see your face. (laughs) The second thing is, um, having a a passive call to action. So a passive call to action would be um, make an inquiry or chat to our team or something that is a bit vague, I find just doesn't work. Again, very specific to the wedding industry, but also across other businesses. So if I think about a wedding couple, They're overwhelmed. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know how to plan a wedding. They are really out of their depth when they're looking for support from suppliers and venues. And if they land on a website uh, or on an Instagram post and it just says, you know, uh, chat to our team or or make an inquiry, what are they supposed to write? What, What do they write? What do they ask? What do they say? They don't know. They feel silly. They feel like they might ask the wrong question. So they might never do it just because they weren't sure what to say. Whereas if you say, click here to book a call with our team or click here to download the price list or whatever it is that you really actually want them to do, rather than just make a faffy, make an inquiry or chat to the team. Tell them a step. Tell them an actual thing. Book a call. Book a venue tour. You know, do this one thing. So, yeah, show your face and clear call to action.
0: Yes. And in fact, actually last week's episode of the podcast was all about the mistakes I see people make. And I think we're very much on the same hymn sheet uh, here. I didn't actually include the, um, the show with your face, but that one is, uh, is, is definitely a mistake lots of people make. But, but certainly, you know, one of the things that I find. and and social media is particularly bad at this, but even on a website is that people are just left to sort of, you know, wander around and find their own way and they're not guided enough. They're not shown. And I guess in the wedding industry, showing people what kind of, you know, wedding that they could have if they booked your venue or your florist rather than the, oh, we can do anything for anybody kind of message that that tends to get used an awful lot, um, not just in the wedding industry, but elsewhere as well.
1: Yeah, you're so right. And we think we're being helpful. We think by saying, you tell us what you want, and we'll deliver it, that we're being really service orientated. But what we know, again, especially of wedding couples and many buyers, to be honest, of anything, is that they are uh, overwhelmed with choice. They don't really know what they want. They need somebody to show suggestions, price points, what they might be able to get for this, or if they spend a little bit more, they could get this. They need that clarity on really what's available to them and being led through. And I always, (laughs) I like to um uh, use the example of, of a guide or a mentor and that's what our wedding professionals should be to our couples um so you know you can choose if you want to be yoda mr miyagi or aslan any of these three that resonate with you like take on that persona and be that loving caring but yet expert guide for your wedding couple because that's the tone that they need that's the kind of security they need and to be fair this does cross over to many industries as well
0: yeah no absolutely um, can we talk about your website um, now? Although I was going to say new website, but it's not very new now. Um, but when and, and why did you decide, this was two years ago, that you needed a new website?
1: Woof! <laughs> so, Taking you uh, back. My original website that you did not do for me, uh, I was never happy with. And so my original one, back in the day when we started... uh, First of all, I tried to do it myself because I thought I could. Um, And then, of course, I quickly realised that it looked terribly unprofessional and that wasn't going to work. So then I paid somebody to do it. But unfortunately... They, they were too, almost too techy. They didn't get what I needed to get across. And being a salesperson, I was really clear on what I wanted it to, to do. And so uh, I thought, well, that's fine. It's working for the moment. Let's just crack on. And I cracked on with the business, and we were quite busy. And so it didn't really need that much work on it. Of course, at some point, I was like, I have to overhaul this website. I hated my own website. I mean, it's a terrible place to be. And so I think I'd seen that one of my... Um, Uh, Colleagues, not in the wedding industry, uh, someone I'd known in kind of business circles. I think you'd done her website. And so I reached out to you because I liked the flow and the look and feel of hers. And, you know, I really wanted something that would be uh, easy to navigate, fresh, modern. But critically,, and, and you know this now, um, I'm a control freak. I wanted to be able to tweak it and change it as much as I wanted after it was ready to go and uh, and and that was really important to me that you gave me something that were, that I could keep adding to and changing and and, and I know you hate that sometimes because I make it crash,
0: but <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I'm not sure the website really looks very like it did two years ago. <laughs> But, and I, I tell everybody that a website is always a work in progress. It should always be changing as your business changes. I think you probably do that more than anybody else, but, but that's, you know, that's great because that's exactly what it's, you know, what it's, what it's there for. Um, and you've been able to do that perfectly well. It's just an occasional time that you've needed, needed help doing that.
1: But you gave me a, a structure that I could play within, uh, you know, it was an easy kind of drop and drag. I could make changes to colors and designs and, you know, and, and that gave me the, the, the confidence and the freedom to to create those pages without, you know, without having any sort of technical knowledge at all, which, you know, has been great for me because I can then be in, in control of that sales process myself.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's such a key part of the sales process, the website. And, um, Obviously, in the last two years since we actually launched that website, your business, the the environment has changed, you know, an awful lot and your business has changed an awful lot. What, what role do you think your website has had in that?
1: Oh, I mean, you know that I am a big advocate of websites. I um, It's one of the things with my own clients. I will straight away. And you know, I've recommended so many people to you, haven't I? I know. <laughs> them, you just need a new website because I can see that they're just, they're not even, they don't need tweaks. They literally need to start from scratch because um, there was a brilliant stat. And you know me, I love a stat. Uh, there was a brilliant stat that came out two weeks ago from one of the big wedding uh, websites, uh, wedding listing sites where people advertise their their properties. And it said that 75 5% of wedding couples will visit your website before taking action. So even if they find you on Instagram, they find you on, uh, you know, somebody tells them, they see you on a, on a listing site, they will then go stalk your website to see if they want to then pick up the phone or send an email. And so we could be spending huge amounts of money on advertising, on listing sites, and driving traffic to a website. If the website doesn't function, and what I mean by function is convert people into taking action they might as well throw money down the toilet. Mm -hmm. So the website is so critical in that conversion process. And because of the way we shop, you know, we're all all in an Amazon culture. We want to be able to get everything at our fingertips. I don't want to have to pick up the phone and speak to someone. I want to sit on my phone or my laptop and get the information that I need to move forward from the website. And so for me, the website step in any sales journey today is absolutely critical. It, it, it has to function. Otherwise, it's like a, it's like a leaky bucket. You know, it's, it's the hole in the bucket if the website isn't, isn't converting people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't matter how much water you pour in the top. If you've got a leaky bucket, you're not going to get very much out of the bottom. And I suspect that stat that you just quoted, that 70%, is probably similar for most businesses. Um, in terms of, I know I'm certainly the same. I know I'm a little bit biased, but if I'm going to buy something, you might see stuff on social media, but you will usually go to the website where things are more organized before you actually buy or pick up the phone or book an appointment or or whatever it might be.
1: Yeah, me too, 100%.
0: Brilliant. Um, I've got a few quick questions and then I'm going to ask how people can find you. So a couple of quick questions. First of all, other than this one, of course, What's your favourite podcast?
1: Oh my goodness. <laughs> Um, what is my favorite podcast? So I listen to quite a few. Um, at the moment, I quite like the disruptive entrepreneur, which is Rob Moore. Um, just because he just tells it as it is. He's quite straightforward. He's nothing to do with weddings. Uh, he's got property and all sorts of other things. Um, but I quite like the straight talking, uh, way that he does his podcast. So yeah, I'd probably say that one for the moment, but I'm, I'm always listening to a million different ones. (laughs)
0: Yeah, absolutely. And there are new ones coming out all the time, which is brilliant. It's a fantastic medium. And, um, next question, next quick question. Your favorite business book?
1: Oh, to pin it down to one is so tricky. You
0: can have more than one.
1: <laughs> um, okay, Atomic Habits um, is amazing. You know how making that small change each day, just a one percent increase, would at the end of the year see you with big results. So, uh, Atomic Habits is probably up there because no matter what you what you do, that is appropriate for for being better in business.
0: Brilliant, funny enough, I'm actually halfway through that. My brother bought it for Christmas for me. So, um, and then finally, final question What's your top piece of business advice to any aspiring entrepreneur?
1: Grow an email list. <laughs> uh, I wish somebody had uh, told me that sooner. Uh, I hadn't realized when I began again, coming out of corporate, you kind of didn't realize that it wasn't my business to, to gather data. Um, but I think, uh, early on I would have done that faster, uh, to grow an email list to have, you know, free downloads on my website. Um, to drive data of the kind of people I wanted to work with so that I could then keep in touch with them and also move them from social media that we don't own onto an email list that you do own. Um, we're seeing it more and more with people's accounts being deleted um, from Instagram and Facebook and all the others. We don't own those platforms. So you can build 15,000 followers, 20,000, a million followers, and tomorrow they delete your account and you have nothing. So moving people off of social media onto an email list that you then own uh, is definitely my top piece of advice for any new entrepreneurs
0: that's very good advice and finally where can people find you uh
1: so uh if you want the pretty stuff it's at instagram that is wedding underscore kelly so i tend to post uh, pictures of our marketing shoots and uh, beautiful wedding shots uh, on instagram wedding underscore kelly uh, over on linkedin is kind of where all my corporate stuff is and obviously my name kelly mortimer you can join me over on linkedin
0: Indeed. And your website is kellymortimer.com. It is indeed. And I've put the links to that in the show notes for everybody. So thank you ever so much, Kelly, for sharing that today. I think that's been brilliant. There's so much advice in there, which applies not just to the wedding industry, but to other industries as well. And, uh, and indeed, if you are in the wedding industry, highly recommend that you look Kelly up and uh, join her membership. Brilliant. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you.